0: You, I mean, (laughs) this may or may not be your full time thing. I see you as a contortionist because this is, you know, what you are online. And we only get a snippet of everyone's life on their social media. Um, so tell, share whatever it is you want to share.
1: So that's what's so interesting about social media and the persona and who you choose to portray. So that's just a snippet of my life. It is something that's really important to me and something that I've spent a lot of time creating and making a huge part of me, but I am. In fashion in my day job I do product development design for a packaging supply company that a lot of people don't know about Um, so that's what I do I I work a nine-to-five and I'm sitting all day Um, a few years ago I had moved to San Francisco for work and I didn't know anybody and someone's like you should go to a yoga class and I was like yeah maybe and there was a Bikram studio uh, pretty close to my apartment when I was there And because I didn't know anybody, I just waltzed in, and I liked it. It was cool, but it wasn't like, I'm going to do this. And then I moved back to New York, and I tried to take Bikram, and it was so sceny, and everyone was so intense, and I was like, this is not for me. This is not what I want. And so I took, like, a power yoga class, and I really liked it. And it was interesting, and everyone was doing things that I never dreamed of doing. So I kept going back, and then everything started getting easier for me. And the backbends were really accessible, and splits were really accessible. And I started um, seeking out different flexibility classes and different flexibility workshops, and then I got obsessed. And then I found Mongolian Contortion and Cirque du Soleil, and I was Fully intrigued, and I got a coach and got very serious about contortion and this online persona that I choose to portray. Um, so, this hobby kind of snowballed into something I didn't expect it to. It was just like, oh, I really want to grab my ankles in full wheel pose, and that's how it started. And here I am today training one arm. So, that is
0: incredible, and it's not something that you start as a child
1: no um so uh, i study mongolian contortion and a lot of those girls are plucked from their homes at six years old and they're trained full-time and then they're brought into america or they're um, brought to canada to do circus Soleil shows um so they they're starting at six and then by 20 they're in a show maybe even a little earlier and then they're done at 24. um and it was interesting because i was talking to what so I train with this person named Kevin Carpenter who uh, trained under this woman, Angelique, who's based in Las Vegas, who was the choreographer for the show Oh Cirque du Soleil show O. Okay. And she had a conversation with me once that she found me so intriguing because they just assumed because it was all they knew that you can only be a contortionist or get to high level uh, power tricks and so on and so forth if you were trained at you know, starting six years old, and I have no ballet background, no formal gymnastics training. I was a soccer player growing up, but that has nothing to do with it. It makes
0: really. me want to cry. It's so, like, touching, which sounds insane. It might be the mom hormones, <laughs> but it's, that is, because there is this perception that, like, and especially in other countries, like they start when they're really young and it's like, you know, just ingrained into them. And it's yes. amazing that you, you just took a BKRM class and then it, whoop.
1: That's, I mean, it, obviously it sounds that simple, you know, when we talk about it briefly, but it definitely evolved over time. Yes. It wasn't safe. I popped into Bikram. No, I I mean, I was there in San Francisco for like a year and a half, but I wasn't taking it seriously. Now I, you know, I train four hours a night, six nights a week. I mean, I went to Bikram once, twice a week. It was not for seriousness, but it is, I hope it gives people hope and I hope it, allows people to see that it's really safe to bend your back this way because I feel like there's a lot of taboo and there's a lot of fear around it. I have students now who come to me and they are flexible and then they'll sort of back out and they'll be like, no, I feel like my back hurts just a little. I was like, well, it doesn't feel great all the time, but (laughs) but this is a safe uh, space for your back. To yeah. go through this is a safe, you know, range of motion, if you will, yeah. for your body to endure.
0: Well, and kind of, I mean, having been in the fitness space, and you know, you push your boundaries and stuff like this. Like, it's normally your mind you have to convince. It's like your body will do whatever your mind tells it. So, as soon as your mind is like, e, "This is," then you're gonna, you know, flake out, and that's fine. But if you want to go to the next level. If you don't want to be mediocre, then you need to be in pain sometimes.
1: Right. And I think that people who are willing to push their bodies, they will be able to get themselves to the next level. And that's why other people will just stay, you know, kind of plateaued. But I think also there is a plethora different ways to approach this. like some students I feel like they come to me for therapy honestly (laughs) and you know and they want something to feel I feel like not to repeat words but they aren't benefiting from yoga because they can't feel their body in it because they're just doing repetition down dog up dog you know Mm -hmm. They say warrior two. They can't feel their body doing that because they've been doing it for five years. It's the same shit, and there's nothing that is challenging, whereas when they're with me, they feel a split. Like They feel their hamstring burning. They feel their quad on fire. Something is going on, and they can see – qualitative result like there's something to see like oh I could never have done a split and now my crotch is on the floor so um, but also that's all they want and they're okay with that so I think that there's certain levels of where you want to take this training or where you can take this training you can always strive to be better or gain a new fitness goal or you could be happy with I'm comfortable in my splits. My splits feel really good consistently.
0: Yeah.
1: So there's certain levels of contortion.
0: So how are you finding your clients then? Or how, I guess, how are they finding you? That's probably the bigger question.
1: A lot of them knew me from uh, yoga, previous yoga classes. And they saw my trajectory and they saw what I've accomplished. And they're curious and they've, want a handstand or they want to um, enhance their yoga practice with deeper positions or get a deeper backbend, or also have better technique in what they're doing yeah. and understand what their body's doing as opposed to just seeing a pose on social media and saying, I want to do that and not having any idea how to get into that.
0: Well, you, have, you do some really just like defying gravity things. Like, you see, and what do you, what is, one, the most difficult thing you've bended your body into? Hold on. I'm super bouncy, so I'm going to bounce back to something you said. And I I see this because I'm, of course, I'm looking at your page and all the different, like, the way you bend your body, and you really do speak with your body. Like, you, I don't know what the heck you're saying, but you feel it, like, you feel just from seeing the photos or even just some of the videos you have of you going like rolling yourself, basically in a backwards ball or a, I don't know, a trifold or whatever these things are, you feel it. And I don't know about so much recently, but before you see a lot and with Instagram and I'm just about so when I say social media, I mean, Instagram specifically, cause that's where I'm at with this. You have a really um, dark, a dark. Um, I don't want to say it's not. It's not a dark page, but it's there's a dark something, and it's very real and raw. And I think that so much of social media is just this fake, light, bright stuff, and it's like, yee, everyone's so happy, but like, that's not. It almost feels like you're. And I was just talking with a girlfriend about this, about how sometimes when we work out, like you just want to smash your body. Like you just want to, instead of punching the wall, you want to just lift weights and, you know, be aggressive. And and that's how it feels in a, a lot of your stuff. So in some way, it almost feels refreshing to see that reality of like rawness. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I really appreciate you saying that because I feel like that's something I was trying to build for a really long time. And then I started to have a really horrible relationship with social media and, um, everything frustrated me about it. So I stopped trying so hard to evolve as this artist that I was trying to become. I also feel like social media, um, it kind of it took my soul and so yeah. I just there's a lot of things that I have and there are a lot of photo shoots that I've done in this dark persona that you're tapping toward that I just don't share because they were for me and that's kind of what contortion has I spoke to my coach about this because I really wanted to stop training um, and contortion has really just become for me and I can't share all of that with social media because it's just debilitating because there's always somebody better or there's always somebody who doesn't train as hard. That's going to achieve more. There's somebody younger or there's somebody who's sponsored Uh and getting paid to do this. Or there's somebody who sees my idea or maybe somebody else's idea and then it as their own. Yeah. So there's a lot of that. Um, but as far as this character that kind of comes out of my heart when I start bending and definitely appears when I'm doing a photo shoot is she's not happy. Um, so I kind of say that my body is my paintbrush and I'm painting what I feel. And I definitely... On a good day, even training when it, I don't, because I rarely, unless like I have to, I don't video anything that I train. It's the same. It's pretty much the same exact thing every single day. It's you know a two hour warm up, and then I do my power tricks. I know you wanted to touch on that, so we'll go back to the hard yeah. stuff in a second. Then I do my power tricks, and then like I end with like a, a few defense and whatever. Um, but there'll be moments when I'm training that I actually feel something shift and something kind of, um, I don't want to say erupt, erupt is too aggressive, but something comes out. Mm-hmm. And it's that way too. I mean, you can take a Soul Cycle class and sweat your face off, and something's going to come out at Soul Cycle. You know, the candle's <laughs> burning and the teacher's screaming, and the music's crazy. But there's something a little bit more, um, I don't want to say serene, but it's something a little bit more close to home when you are choreographing and you are taking the reins and you're in control of this slow motion thing that you are telling your body it needs to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's also why contortion really did it for me or does it for me because you're kind of in control of every aspect of what's happening and nothing can go wrong. Like, the temperature has to be right. Um, You can't be too humid, it can't be too hot, but it can't be too cold. Everything has to feel activated, Mm -hmm. um, and you really have to focus. Like I have students who come to me who are trying to learn handstands, and the first thing is like, they're looking everywhere, and they don't understand what, like, it's, you know, it's, it's simple, nuanced, things. It's just focus. And I think, uh, with contortion, regardless of how flexible you are or how flexible you want to be, if the focus isn't there, everything's going to go to shit. It's
0: true. I mean, and it's so easy to be, I mean, you're in New York city as well and it's overstimulation, constant stimulation. Always. Like I always, my husband and I always get into this because we're, we're driving and he's on his phone and I'm like, You, like, you don't, you're not even doing anything on your phone. You're just pushing buttons because you need to be stimulated. So, like, it's just, like, it's this thing of us always, instead of just being here, being present. And it is hard, and I understand how it really takes a lot to just be.
1: It does. And, I mean, I'm in between two hospitals. So, especially, you know, last year at this time, Mm. it was constant between mount sinai and metropolitan it was just constant ambulances and constant sirens and lights and they go right through my windows and you just have to zone out and that that you bring up a good point too like i think that's also why social media has its heyday because everyone needs to be stimulated at all times and it's really easy to watch a 10 second tiktok or you know see a a beautiful picture, whatever, every five seconds, you know, every three minutes mm-hmm. to just kind of hone you back in on the spreadsheet you don't want to do or the crying baby that you have to feed, so on and so forth, whatever it is. And I think that's why social media is so prominent now because everyone needs these
0: distractions,
1: 10 second, Yeah, distract, 10 seconds distractions to just help you get through the day and that's another reason why i just have such a toxic relationship with it because it's like you do these avoidances um or like it's not even procrastination because like people do have time especially now you have tons of time um but it's you're being fed with things that you don't necessarily need or that are healthy for you um And I think it's destroying our, you know, our mental health.
0: It is. Well, you know, it goes back to what you were just saying. And it's so, it's so funny that we're touching on these same things that I literally was just talking with the same, the same conversation in the same breath about this, where you're saying your routine, you do the same thing every day and you don't record it. And it's like, because I like to weight train, it's very similar. And even though it's different things, when you go on social media, you see the highlight reels. Right. Like you don't see the boring things that like it's you don't see the accessory work, you don't see the really boring things that nobody wants to show. You just see all the cool shit. So it's like it goes back to, you know, you show like the highlight reel of the cool ways you can bend your body. But no one, not no one, but very few are willing to really put that work in of the boring, monotonous This is just, you have to just do it and, you know, build that muscle memory or whatever it is. Put the stretches and this and that. It's, oh, I see this shiny thing. I want to do this.
1: Right. That's all they see. And they don't understand how much work and not only physical, because I wouldn't say that the physical is the hard part. I mean, maybe at the beginning a little bit, but... I had an advantage. I didn't know that I was more flexible than most.
0: Are you hypermobile? No. No.
1: No. Um, like I don't have carrying elbows, and I don't have hyperextension, and my knees are really protruding. Like most, so another reason why I would never perform and why I don't perform is because my lines aren't so good. So like a lot of these girls who have been trained since they were little, they have ballet lines, you know. Oh. Their, their legs hyperextend and um, everything is really graceful. So mine aren't. If you look closely, like maybe some people wouldn't notice, but to a trained eye, you can see that my lines are not stellar. That's and,
0: so interesting. You know,
1: as a contortionist, as someone who is striving for perfection, I don't, I'm not happy presenting that.
0: Huh.
1: Well, I, I mean, this is a truth conversation, so I'm going to tell you. Yeah, about
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that, what, 95% is an untrained eye. So 95%, yeah, more than that. And like, I see it and I'm like, oh, this is beautiful. It's so amazing. I mean, even then, when you, now that I know you're, I didn't, I assume that you did like, I don't know, arithmetic gymnastics or gymnastic or like ballet, like something, but you didn't. You just started as an adult. So it makes it that much more impressive.
1: I started after thirty. Also,
0: that is insane. Like that's,
1: that's nothing. I suggest <laughs> like if you're curious, start early. Um, I mean, and then also like you know, going back to I don't perform, so like I don't.
0: Would you want to?
1: I I did a little, and I don't love to be on stage. That's uh-huh. not um. That's not really what I'm striving for. I really like to do intriguing photo shoots and do something different and express in that way. Um, That's more my outlet. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have some friends that they just, you know, thrive on a stage. And that's great for them. Yeah.
0: Well, and it just seems like you would, as good as you are, you'd be an even better teacher because you learned it so late.
1: I think that I didn't, so I never even pictured teaching and I love teaching. It's rewarding. I really get it. I really understand where people are coming from and I can relate because the people who come to me aren't, you know, children, you know, ballerinas and whatnot. So they're yogi. A lot of them are yogis or just regular people who are just curious. Um, some of them might want to perform I don't know what their end goal is but a lot of it it stems from I mean and this is the negative part of social media and how there's now this overlap between yoga and contortion and they're two totally different mediums everyone just thinks that they could do a contortion pose in a yoga class and become the star of the yoga class. And I also don't know when it became so important to be, like, the star of yoga class or, like, (laughs) you know, jump into this, like, handstand in yoga. Like, I don't know when that happens either. Um, And I I blame social media for that because yoga used to be a beautiful thing. It used to be really nice, and now it's, like... It's no longer a sacred practice. Now it's selling clothes. Right.
0: So, yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly.
1: So, um, yeah, I I do love teaching, and I do really relate to my students, and I do I feel like I can put myself in their situation and really help them, you know, to achieve better fitness goals or just like feel better after sitting all day. Like, give them an excuse to come home and stretch. And open up because I feel like a lot, a lot of people nowadays also they're so guarded around their heart, and backbends really, really open up this whole area mm-hmm. in a way that they didn't know until they started backbending.
0: Yeah, it no, it is a wild thing because it there's so much. As an adult, how often are we actually doing new things? Or you know, put letting ourselves be vulnerable, like physically, like forget just you know, learning a language or something like that, but actually physically doing something different and challenging, and it's so. People don't, so I'm sure that they and you and whoever does it finds it so rewarding to just, and feel feel good, like it's it is a really, just good thing.
1: Totally. I mean, I have. Um an older student who never pictured herself doing a handstand and now she's in very advanced handstand postures. And to me that is just the most rewarding thing. And then also students who have a lot of limitations with, you know, injuries, you know, with older people usually comes injuries and they're able to work around them Mm -hmm. and use what they have, you know, to achieve great things. And I think for me, when I started, um, I never had any end goal. I never pictured doing what I'm doing now was gonna even be possible. Um, So the fact that I can just proves to my students also that if you strive and if you work hard, anything is really achievable.
0: Yeah, it is. So you have a full-time job, you do nine to five. But you also have students that you train, um, I guess the on the bookend shelf of those and the weekends and stuff. Are you trying to build your student list, your client list, and get out of the full- time job or you like it, or
1: I don't know. i I play with wanting to leave, you know, corporate. Yeah, and then I get afraid, you know, I'm single. What am I going to do for money? You know, what if my client list dries up? You know, what if another COVID happens? You know, I do like that sense of security of a Mm -hmm. full-time job. I also like routine, and I like knowing that I'm going to wake up and have something to do. But then there are days where I'm just sitting at a desk, and it's just so horrible and the things that you see and the horrible business decisions that people make and how cutthroat and disgusting things are. It's really upsetting. And, you know, the fashion industry is in the toilet right now anyway. Um, So I don't know. I mean, I do love the fitness industry and I do love the nutrition aspects of it and, you know, helping people and coaching. But I just – It's so saturated in New York.
0: I was just going to ask, are there... So, I don't know of any... Are there contortion-specific spaces? Or... So there
1: was this place called circus warehouse in long Island city. Okay. And that's where my coach um, was teaching out of and they had, um, trapeze aerial, they had all the rigs for aerial and whatnot. And then there was this place called aerial arts, which I think is still opened. I think they moved to like the thirties or something. Um, and then there's a place called Brooklyn zoo, but I think they do more parkour.
0: Oh yeah. I've heard of Brooklyn zoo.
1: Yeah. Um, but none of those are really Mongolian contortion specific anyway. Like there's flexibility classes and um body and pole, um, they also have flexibility mm. classes, the pole studio. Yeah. And that's also how I found flexibility from flexibility classes like at Pole Studios. Nice. Um but I feel like if you're interested in this and you wanna be serious, you have to see a full time coach. Um, So,
0: what is full-time considered? How many hours a week?
1: So, I saw a coach at least twice a week for, like, four years.
0: Wow. And each session's an hour, or how long?
1: An hour. An
0: hour. Wow, it's amazing.
1: I mean, I... I not see him, but he moved to Taiwan.
0: Oh, bummer. During the
1: pandemic. yeah. So, I was seeing his coach who's in Las Vegas, this woman, Angelique. I went to see her for a month in Las Vegas, and I... Saw her three days a week.
0: Wow, it's amazing. two
1: hours, actually. But it was a group of us.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, I don't... I mean, being a coach, we know how important it is to have a coach. And I think that a lot of people expect... And I say this, so I feel like I just am repeating myself. But on social media, there's just this spectrum of things to choose from. So people just say, I see this and this and this and this. And then they think that if they just try to do... But they do really need a program. Like progressive steps to get to that goal. So, I mean, this is something you teach, so I will include, obviously, your handle. You have... Do you have a website? No. Okay, so people just DM you, and that's your... Okay, you respond. Um, Yeah, no, but it is very important to have a coach if you are trying to reach a goal.
1: I think so, and I think... I mean, it is expensive, and it is a commitment, and, you know, people are wishy-washy, or people... The other thing, you know, not to divert on a tangent, but um, with especially with adults, people want instant gratification, um, and mm-hmm. with contortion, it's there's so minimal instant gratification. Like you can get someone to like waterfall down a wall and like put themselves in a back bend. Um, that's instant gratification. They're in a pose, but it's not you know a push up from the ground, and you know that's what we three years of doing it twice a week with a coach lifting me and people don't have the time, people don't have the patience, Yeah, any of it. So um, I think that's why a lot of people don't want to necessarily invest because it's not just a monetary investment. It is an investment. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like without, Sometimes it's not even necessarily this program. It's sometimes it's just having someone there lifting you up into the posture and holding you there until you have to come out because you can't hold it. Mm-hmm. And honestly, a, a lot of contortion is like that for the power tricks, not for flexibility. What's
0: considered like a power trick?
1: Um, like a hook foot push up. So if you snap Do you your... have
0: these on your, you have all these different things that you're going to list up? Because I can include little videos here. So people, cause...
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you snap your feet into your armpits and then you're in this little triple fold position and you push up into a handstand from the ground. That's a huge power trick and that's like classic 101 if you were to build a, contour, a Mongolian contortion act that is going to be in the act. Okay, what else? any one arm handstand is considered a power trip. Oh,
0: interesting.
1: Um, any uh, crock press, so if you're laying on uh. your and then you press up to a handstand, that's considered a power move.
0: What's the hardest move that you've had to learn?
1: <laughs> I think for me, probably one arms have been hardest for me. Um, I mean, I spent a long time learning to push up.
0: Was it finding the strength to push up?
1: It's it's not just strength. It's uh, timing.
0: Oh, and I wanted to ask you about your breathing.
1: Breathe. But it's not yoga breath. So, yeah, I I didn't breathe for a long time. Sometimes I find myself holding my breath in um, one arms and things because anything could Knock you out, so I'll hold my breath for like the whole five seconds. Um, but I never thought I'd be able to push up, so it's timing, it's also weight distribution, it's where you're holding pressure in your fingertips, it's how turned in or turned out your hands are, mm-hmm. it's how much your shoulders are over your knuckles, um, it's how much your head is up because a lot of you know, a lot of Mongolian contortion, the head is always up to prevent you from going
0: like over. this. You're saying. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: because a lot of, like, Russian um, hand balancing, you're looking at, like, a triangle gaze, so you're looking in front of you, whereas in contortion, you're looking up to prevent you from going over into a wheel. It's also, it's more presentable. I always wondered about, because, you know,
0: sometimes, some, I I don't know, yogis or contort, like, depending what it is, they're looking up versus looking straight down.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, there's, I remember somebody told me once, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat. Like, and that's the, you know, that's the other, excuse me, hard thing about teaching adults is like, well, I was told, okay, okay, I'm not saying that whoever told you was wrong because you could do something another way and it could be right. But I know that this way is right for how I'm teaching you. I'm not saying when you're out of this, space to not do it the other way, but if you don't follow a certain, and that's the other thing about finding a coach that works for you, <laughs> it, because there are so many different techniques or suggestions or cues, if you don't follow one thing, you're screwing yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, so as far as why we look up, it, you know, it's presentation, Um, so that when you're on stage that the head is up and it's finessed Mm. and you're excited to show what you're doing. As opposed, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with Russian hand balancing Mm -hmm. and how they look down. I just, that's not what I study.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I see it like some of the girls I know who are like very good gymnasts. They walk with their hand, their head, like they can walk or whatever with their head or their balance with their head down. And I'm like, I can't find my balance with my head down. Like, I feel like I'm going to fall, like. It's very interesting, how funny, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, that's what I teach and that's how, it's also what's really comfortable in my body. Mm-hmm. I've, you know, taken a few handstand lessons from people who teach differently and I don't like it and that's why I stayed with my coach because I do like how it makes sense in my body for me.
0: Got it. Um, um,
1: so anyway, power tricks. Um, yeah. There's another, uh, move it's called X handstand so it's when your hands are crossed and you're in a handstand and my coach does really well Um So these are all power moves that are usually in an act that you're gonna present uh, For contortion that would make it a high level enough act
0: when you are like So some of your poses or photos that you have you're you know, you're in your handstand and you're holding an umbrella with your feet how does does someone put the umbrella there, or do you put have the umbrella and you pick up?
1: Sometimes, uh, both. Oh, I okay. Have, there's one I remember that was a few years ago that was on the west side in the 50s. That somebody put in between my feet. I have picked things up in handstand and what's called bridge pull, so you'll be in a wheel. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I'll put something in my feet and then press up to handstand backwards instead of pressing up from... My feet behind me, I'll press up.
0: Which, so this is so, so I was watching a video, girls, it's incredible how you can press up backwards. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Where are
0: you? Hold on one more time. It's called bridge pull. Bridge pull. Where are you finding your pull from? From your abs? Your fingertips. And your
1: hips?
0: Fingertips. Oh, fingertips. It's so interesting. Every, all the balancing and everything's from your hands.
1: Everything. Yeah. I mean, yes, my abs are engaged. Yes, my head is up. Yes, my back is bent. Um, my armpits are opened. Uh, my hips are relaxed. Like my hip flexors are completely relaxed, <laughs> but the majority of it is just my fingertips. That's amazing. But I've also done that 10,000 times. Not yeah, I can't even put a number because, so going back to counting things, um somebody once said that you don't have something until you've done it a thousand times. So when I first got my push-up, I was like, okay, I want to count to a thousand. And then quarantine happened. So I counted like 4,000, you know, just to make sure that I really have my push-up and that no one could take it away from me. So like last year, I did like 4,000 or something push-ups. Crazy. crazy. <laughs> um, but I also think it's really rewarding to count something that you do so that you know that you have it. Um so bridge pole, I have to, I do I must do like thirty or forty a night. Wow,
0: it's amazing. So your night, you have your work nine to five or uh, give or take. Yeah. And then you put your hours in.
1: Yeah, I train from like six thirty to ten thirty.
0: What does that look like? You have your warm up, you have
1: Yeah, so Somebody wants something. They're like, your warm up is somebody's thing. i was like, maybe. Um, but I do the same exact thing. I use the wall a lot. I love how I, I love getting um, feedback from the wall. So I'll do a bunch of backbends into the wall, and that takes like about an hour.
0: Um, and then
1: I do my splits for about an hour. Um, middle and then middle with back bend and then frog, frog with back bend and then I do over splits and then I finally feel ready to start doing handstands. So lately for about I guess almost two years, maybe a little less, I've been I do all my push ups to start because that's what makes me feel most engaged most active and it's also it's a lot of flexibility too because you have to go into a triple fold so I'll do all my push-ups and then I started doing my push-ups to train um, a hook foot one arm so I'll leave one of the feet hooked and I'll do the push-up to the one arm um, then I'll do all my croc push-ups so I have all my power tricks out of the way so I feel you know, I don't feel as stressed out, if you will, because I know that all my power is done. So if I feel like I'm getting tired, a lot of the other things, it's just flexibility. So I know I could do. get through. So then I do what's called needle, which is um, like a standing, stand on one leg and pull the leg up. I do those. Um, and then I do some more one arms. And then I train this thing called box, which is when you... Back bend and you grab onto your knees and try and bring your head through your legs.
0: Yes, I think I saw a video of you training that. Yeah, like you learning, and your coach was holding you. Yeah, and holding you, and you could see like I was trying to watch your breathing because I was I'm very curious about breath because breathing, I think it's important.
1: Breathing, breathing. Okay, sorry I diverted. So breathing, so
0: breathe. <laughs> You're as bouncy as I am.
1: <laughs> yeah, so breathe. Um, I, you know, I took yoga teacher training, and I've taken a bunch of meditation classes and courses. I, it's not like you know, square breath, like or ujjayi. There's none of that, um, and none of the breath is very rigid or forced. A lot of it, especially like when you're laying on your chest and chest in, you're breathing through you know, one of those coffee straws, very slow, shallow sips of air, um, especially in handstand and two handed handstand. I breathe completely normal. Like I can have a full conversation. Um, but at the beginning, it was just, you know, very controlled, small breaths. Nothing is very deep. Um, I breathe through my nose. I don't have, you know, medical or you know definitive ways of breathing like I you know I'm not a medical doctor I don't you know none of this is proven but this is what works for you yeah Um, so I don't I I think there are definitely other ways to do that um but definitely breathe definitely don't hold your breath and it's so easy to hold breath and usually inhale will bring you up Exhale brings you down. So if you're trying to get into a bridge pull, try and get your feet up, you would inhale the feet up. You also inhale the one arm up. Mm. So you do a deep exhale before you're ready to go. Yeah. And then it's slow inhale to bring the, the one arm up. Interesting. Or it's slow inhale <laughs> to bring the feet up. Slow inhale from being on crock to push up to handstand.
0: Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Um, supplements, food, this kind of stuff.
1: So I don't,
0: because you're, you're you're limber. So being flexible, being limber, there's this, I mean, I think that there's so many schools of thought to this, right? So, you know, there's all these things now, collagen, uh, turmeric, fish oil, Da, 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 all these things, if you're getting everything you need in your food, what? then fine. But
1: So I'm not vegan. I I don't want to talk bad about any diet, but I do think that there's something really important about animal products and protein. And I don't think it could be supplemented fully with, you know, beans or protein powders. Mm-hmm. And I do think that you know whether it be chicken or whatever i think it's really important for a lot of these power moves um and not that if you're vegan you're not going to be able to push up because i'm sure that there are vegans who can um but for me i think that this is what's very important um i not a firm believer in any supplement or any um pill or extra thing to put in your body. I think that it can all be found from water and basic food. Mm-hmm. And I I don't want to put any of those things in my body. Not to say that it's wrong, but I'm just a firm believer in not doing any of that. Because I feel like once you start, you have to take something else to counteract this or something mm-hmm. to to enhance that, and it's just a never-ending thing and now you're taking 30 pills. Like I just yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you're getting a smoothie and you want to have them add some protein powder. I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. But, like, if you eat a piece of grilled chicken or you eat a piece of fish or um, – I actually – I eat a lot of cottage cheese because I feel like that's just a ton of protein. Mm-hmm. I feel like you don't need anything else. It's You're going to get through. But if – your body will tell you what it needs. Like I don't believe in any sort of diets. I mean, I think you need to listen to what works for you. I mean, I also eat basically the same thing every day, which a lot of people won't do that. Yeah. But I'm mm-hmm. not like I'm not torturing myself by doing that. Like that's a choice, mm-hmm. and it works for me. Um, but. I think that there's balance too. And I feel like you need to listen to what your body is telling you because it will tell you. And if, you know, power moves feel just way too hard and you're just not eating the right things, change it up. Yeah. See what works. See how your body feels after you eat citrus and if you feel. Like your teeth are gonna fall out from the acid, then don't eat that anymore. You know what I mean? Like, it's very simple. Everyone's looking for the answer. Correct. Everyone's, oh, can I just buy that? No, you can't. Correct. You cannot just buy these things. Like, I don't know, some people are like, ew, sugar drinks, and like, I drink a Powerade a night. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, other people are like, oh, I can't believe she drinks that, but I do. So,
0: it works for you. Why not?
1: Exactly, so I don't think that they're, like, you You also can't follow what somebody else does.
0: Correct. I mean, are you
1: drinking enough water? Start there.
0: (laughs) You're like, that's what I got for you. Drink some water.
1: Yeah, you know, drink water and, you know, listen to what is going to fuel you effectively. Yeah. Like, I I feel like some people are very anti-bars and stuff, but I eat them. Yeah. Like protein bars and stuff, I, I think that they're fine. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. But supplements, that whole area, environment, I'm just, no.
0: You stay out of it.
1: Yeah, stay out of it. I have no recommendations. I have no knowledge. Uh, I don't really want to learn. Um, you know, I feel like also if things aren't broken, there's no need to start fixing. Yes. Okay. So I mean, why am I
0: gonna take fish oil? Well, I think that with going back to what you said about people just wanna buy it,
1: uh-huh.
0: where there's this thing that I it's like this saying, and I think it's so true where um why did I just it just was in my mouth and I just slipped it. Like energy makes energy.
1: Yeah.
0: But like your body will the more you move it, the better off it is, right? So when people are not moving their bodies they're like, oh, well, oh, this is what I was gonna say. When you rest, you rust. So when people are not moving, they're like, oh, well, why am I sore? Why does this hurt? Why is that, well, get moving, and you'll see that your body naturally creates a lot of these things that you need.
1: Right, agree, 100%. And that's the other thing with flexibility, and, like, they're like, oh, people, you know, their comments are, they're sore, they're very sore, and they're almost afraid. It's, you know, it's kind of like a reward. I don't get sore at all anymore. Like, I don't remember the last time I got sore. I do, I tried something new. Yeah. You know, like, when you're doing something so routinely, like, your body gets used to it. Like, this is, certain things are just second nature for me now. It's great. Yeah, so, like, Be willing to let these sore moments become your second nature.
0: Yeah. Well, no, absolutely. I agree with that. With your training. Okay. So you train for, you do your power moves, you do your stretching. Are you supplementing with any weight training or you only are doing this, this routine nightly? Do you miss nights? What does your recovery look like? That stuff.
1: So I usually take one full day off and, like, don't do any sort of contortion at all. Um, At least once a week. Um, Because I feel like mentally it's really exhausting as well. And so it's nice to not think about it for one night at all. Um, A lot of people actually ask me about cross-training. And they're like, you should take pole class or... Do something else or, you know, go to the gym or I don't have a desire to anymore. I mean, I walk, (laughs) not not for sport. Yeah. It's not like I'm not part of a walking team or something, but I feel like I am athletic. You know, I am active. I don't need further exercise. Um, I have been actually thinking about diversifying my portfolio of movement. And um, I've been really curious about surfing. Oh. Very curious about Well, it. it's the season. Um, right. So I think that I will look into doing something like that. But, no, I don't weight train. Um, you know, sometimes my coach is like, oh, you should, you know, use your TheraVan and, you know, this. And I'm like. he's gonna be very mad but I don't I rather so there's another thing like you can't replicate right like if you want a handstand you can't just lift a TheraBand like you need to get on your hands and do it like you don't need to go do the elliptical for 20 and then do arms for 15. Like, you don't. You need to get your hands on the floor and fall. Learn how to fall, fall safe, and fall and do the thing. Like, I'm sorry, leg like, day doesn't apply for split. It doesn't. I I feel, there's nothing wrong with lifting, and I think that if you're into lifting, lift. And I think that if you're into lifting and you want to also learn a handstand, then you have your three days a week lifting, two days a week handstanding. Yeah. But I don't think that if you want to be a Mongolian contortionist, that you also need the weight drain.
0: <laughs> no, th- those are, t- I mean, I'm sure there are things that you could do that would help. Like yeah,
1: cross-train and yeah. or whatever.
0: Make it easier to push out of the, the push-up or make it easier. But that's a whole thing in itself. Like, if you're not there, you're doing this, then just do this.
1: Right, like then just hold a plank, yeah. like so if, if it has to be a virtual lesson and I can hold you upside down, you know, do a plank with your head up, push your shoulders all the way out, walk one hand out to the right, one hand out to the left, and in and out, and, you know, there's ways to semi-replicate it, but you still, if you're in a plank, you don't feel what it feels like to be on your hand.
0: Right, absolutely.
1: Nothing can replicate that feeling.
0: Right. Um What, okay, so your recovery, or you're not doing... You're just taking a day off, a rest day. Yeah. You're
1: like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't. But okay, so I mean, I know people who roll out and things. I don't. No. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> I don't. I. I mean. I don't really
0: hurt. That's good. That's good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, you know what hurts? When I'm sitting in my desk chair.
0: <laughs> right? When yeah. I'm just stuck in this sit position. That sucks, and that hurts.
1: Or sometimes if I've, like, really overstretched my splits, then my like, my hip will hurt. Did
0: you ever get stuck in a position? <laughs> That's a valid question.
1: Um, I feel like I have been. <laughs> I feel like I have been for sure. Um, Like, I remember I've been, like, stuck in a one-arm, which is, like, not a bad problem to have at all. But Like, you shut, sometimes if you don't overthink a so this ties back to the mind thing, which we were supposed to talk about, but I guess we went on to it. If you don't overthink some of these postures, they come a lot. A lot. And then, as soon, so, like, I had this one thing where I was able to be in the in and snap my foot into my armpit, you know, and hold the hands and whatever. And I never trained it, never tried it, and then somebody asked me to do it, and I did it, and it just came, and it was shocking. And then I was able to, like, do it for, like, a month, and then all of a sudden it was gone, and I couldn't figure out why. Like, my body was still so capable... Of, doing it. Like I didn't lose flexibility or strength. There's no mechanical reason why I shouldn't have been able to do it other than my mind. Yeah. And so I feel like the mind is a big factor in any of this and, you know, forcing yourself to get into a position or fall out of a position or get stuck in a position. A lot of it is mind. Yeah. So I remember, like, I just didn't think I'd be able to, like, throw a one-arm, and I didn't. And I was like, oh, shit, I, like, can't get out. But, like, literally you put your left hand back down on the floor, and, like, you're just in a big and you can obviously fall out of that. So, yeah, I think a lot of it is mind and shock factor. Like, if you just don't expect, sometimes things will just fall into place. Sometimes your body knows what it needs to do.
0: What... Is there, when you're stretching or when you stretch your clients or when you talk about this stuff, is there a stretching, because you know how exactly we were saying about people say, oh, well, it hurts, it hurts. What is too much, right? Like if you can endure the pain of like going into your splits or, you know, your arms or whatever, what is, is there too much or is it just suck, suck and breathe through the pain?
1: No, there's always too much. I mean, you know, people get hurt, of course. So when, for me, I, I know like if something feels fiery, burning, that's too much and you back out. Um, I, if I'm stretching someone, I can feel their resistance, right? You, You, some people you can just push, like if you're pushing their heel to their butt while they're in a split, you can feel their hamstring tighten up and you can't push it all the way down. So that's. As far as stretching someone else, you could just feel it. Or, like, if you're pulling somebody back into a backbone, you can feel what – you can feel a fear lock up, but then you can also, like, once they're breathing, you can also feel the resistance of when you can't pull them anymore,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, you know, to prevent them from getting hurt. As far as yourself, you can definitely – I – I always suggest that you go to the point where it's just teetering on the pain mm-hmm. and stay. A lot of people, you know, they like to pulse. I don't. I don't believe in that. I was
0: just going to ask you: Do you have a belief in active or passive stretching?
1: Passive. Passive. Um, but then there's certain times where it needs to be active for other things but if you're just stretching and trying to get deeper into something i think it needs to be passive soothing calming relaxing as opposed to the pulsing or the in and out the in and out like i just think that that's toxic for the body it's confusing like am i in am i out what am i doing like stay breathe don't stay where you're Burning and everything is dying, and you know you see red. Don't stay there. You see
0: stars, and you're gonna black out.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. Don't stay in that spot. But like, come out of it a little bit. Where it's like, this is not ideal, but but I'm all right. bearable. Yeah, I'm alright. I blocks under my hands. You know, my hamstring isn't gonna fall off my glute. Like, I'm alright, but this is not ideal. That's how you get better.
0: Um, what else? Anything else you want to share?
1: I think that if you're curious, try. Try. Anything. It doesn't have to be contortion. It doesn't have to be handstand, but try. And it's never too late. I think you can always, always get better at something.
0: Definitely. Um, what's your handle here, please?
1: my fear is my strength it's true it's very true
0: um, okay so I'll include a link of that and anything else you want to share nothing Something? well thank you